through their Thursdays, everyone. Um, it's been a great week. We've had Marky here from Caravella Coffee. We're in the room on Thursday. It's we've got Mikey and Joe on the mics. Yo, hello. Hello. And um, we had a nice long chat to Mark from Caravella Coffee on Tuesday. You can visit us. Um, as you know, we use a lot of coffee from them. Um, they've got some great programs, some great coffee. Um, and, you know, Mark's a great all-round guy. So we spent an hour or so interviewing him so that's going to precede this intro uh hope you guys enjoy it um and uh the coffee menu this week just quickly mikey yo uh espresso this week we got san isabel and maybe we should um release the second san isabel sure side by side so we've got a second lot second picking from same harvest of the same farm Um, we'll call it lot one lot two yeah let's call it early late Early in uh, or early in early yeah. in Maine. How's yeah. that? Um, so we'll we'll release that. Um, see if you guys can pick some differences. And that's, Love to hear your that's feedback. A higher altitude, right? Yeah. So as yeah, the season goes on, they pick higher up the mountain when yeah. where those cherries mature later on. Awesome. Uh, usually, you get more complex tasting coffee. Maybe more a little bit more. Yeah, Make, a bit more delicate. Makes sense. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll release that probably on both sides of the menu and see. How you uh, enjoy it. Cool. So, yeah. we'll do San Isabel, Guatemala, lot one, early. Early and late. San Isabel, Guatemala. Late. Late. Could uh, call them high and low. High and low, high yeah. High and low. <laughs> Up there, down here. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, we got the Daytanli from Nicaragua. Um, an outstanding chocolate bomb, that one is. And Luis Edies. Uh, or Luis, I think I was pronouncing it wrong. Luis. Do I heard Mark say it the other day? I'm like, Luis. Luis. Uh, his Katura variety. Um, Which is just out- outstanding right now. Like yeah. It's oh. like seriously one of the co- best coffees this year. Absolutely yeah. delightful. Amazing. Uh, filter, Joe. Filter. Um, Gitarara, Kenya. Amazing. Um, absolutely delicious. Love Loving that coffee at the moment. It's, it's cut, cut really well on... Tuesday. Yeah, it's not not your typical Kenyan, but uh, you know heaps of juice still, and you know all those things you, you do expect from a Kenya, but a little bit different. Uh, Santa Isabel, delightful, different but awesome, different but awesome, <laughs> not different weird, no, not even close to weird, <laughs> different awesome. <laughs> uh, Santa Isabel, Guatemala, delicious, and Arica, Ethiopia, far out. Oh man, that was something else. Eh? That puppy delivered yesterday. Oh, that right? is Gesha. I, I right felt there. I felt right so bad this morning when I came in and like yesterday I was in the roastery for half a day on my own and I brewed three liters because that's just what we do. <laughs> Drink it all. <laughs> I had to do a fair bit out this morning. I felt so bad, but at uh, least you got to but, share some. It was amazing. Seriously though, if if you want to know what a Gesha tastes like, that's it. I mean, that's, that is yeah. that is like true, like true to name. If you want to know yeah, what a Gesha tastes tastes like. You're not going to have to wait that much longer because yeah, it's coming soon. <laughs> next week, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, so that finishes up the filter menu. But um, the, likewise, the, if you do want that Gesha, get in touch. We've had a couple of people already put dibs on some. Oh, so, really? Absolutely. Who was it? Um, Ant was first cab off the rank. He's cool. like, how do I get my hands on some of that there goodness? <laughs> Turn up <laughs> but, to the cuffing, man. Yeah, well. You'll be running it soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah will be. <laughs> So um, yeah, that's coming. And uh, it's in the San Isabel. Uh, we'll have two two yeah, lots there. So it's so. kind of like yes. four high low four different coffees on the menu. Right on blends. blends.
We're, we're working on a secret third blend that's going to come out. Yeah. Thunderbird, 85% Las Noobs from Nicaragua, 15% La Trampa from Nicaragua. So it's an all Nicaragua Thunderbird at the moment, but that's just tasting outstanding. That's a double A as well in the Thunderbird and La Trampa. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you will notice that that's just seeing the Daily Grind, La Roca Nicaragua and San Sebastian um, tasting epic as well, I think. Um, big blocks still on vacation until we get – some more Kenyan, which should be here any day now. Yep. And uh, what else in the coffee? Well, we got a whole pack of samples from Nordic Approach today. Yep. Four Ethiopians, four Indonesians. Wow. Which would be interesting. Some, some fully washed Indos. Not wow. one wet hold, three fully washed, which is unusual for Indos. Did they, yeah, say, the, totally. did they say the um, washing station or the… Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a, a particular one they are sort of controlling or guiding them in their processes. Cool. Um, and yeah, it's like for for those that don't know, a lot of it's pretty rare for um, usually it's not to be fuck. fully washed. It's always wet hold, and and the coffee sits in its parchment. What or they gets do is transported in yeah. its parchment for a long time. Well, the processing plants are a long way away, mm. or in a central location, and they put the coffee. They they take the flesh, not the flesh, just the skin off, mm. and then throw all the coffee in the back of a truck and transport it. Usually twenty four to forty eight hours across to get processed so then in that time that's called wet holding mm. and you kind of get a really deep blue kind of colored um bean, bean. yeah there. the, the blue mean, bianca was one of those ones it. i tasted before that's right yeah i'm trying to think of the washing station or the mill that was um Silouese? is that uh, silhouette is north of uh yeah. java uh, but, um uh wahana estate or something yeah right it's wahana estate is the state that's kind of was doing kind of cool stuff back back in the day but they're still funky Mm. Hopefully these are clean. Yeah. We'll find great. out. We'll keep you posted. Cool. So after this, we'll roll on with the interview with Mark. It's going to yeah, be a really on special Mark. one. He's got a, a really rich history in Australian coffee yeah, scene. I didn't realize he was, you know, so diverse in his, in his, uh, um, in his, what's the word? Um, Skills resume. Like, yeah. you know, like where he'd been and where he worked at. Yeah. It's mm. pretty cool. He's yeah. a top bloke. So have a listen. We've got Marky here today from Caravella Coffee. Mark Howard. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Hello, gentlemen. Lovely to be here. Very humbling to be here. Likewise. I must say. For Thank us. you. Thank you for having me. It's awesome that you come visit. Yeah, thanks for the effort. I know it's a mission to get away from a day's work. Oh, man. You know, everyone's busy, right? Um, and uh, I think, you know, being here is is time spent well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, Likewise for us. It's yeah. nice to have you, man. And uh, I mean, we've been workshopping coffee all morning and it just feels like we could do that for weeks, you know? Yeah. There's so many options. That's what's so good about the the coffee world, right? Ah, uh, exactly. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's been, and it's a bit all been positive workshopping. It's not been like, how do we fix this? It's like, how do we make it better? Yeah. How do we keep making it better and better? Yeah. It's mm, like working, yeah. working on the um, possibility. Everything from profitability to efficiency to quality in the cup. Yeah, so... Hey, and thanks for taking the time to um, share your thoughts on this platform. Anytime. Cool. Love, love to you know, be a part of you know, the community, for sure. Awesome. Tell, <laughs> us, tell us about your day here, your day in the Marvel world from a... You know, I, well, you know, we came in, uh, I kind of caught you guys in the middle of production cupping. Um, and um, I think it was really cool to see, I guess... 
again, the process. And what I mean by that comment is that it's cool to, to see, you know, writing the contract to tasting the pre-chip sample to then see it in your production and then seeing it in your blend and tasting it at a store like, say, Barefoot, yep. for argument's sake. Um, What's your local? Uh, well, yeah, we go to, we go, we have meetings at Barefoot because yeah. it's so close to the, to like the, the office. The office. Um, we've been checking out rollers right. a bit, uh, where, where Bo Hinzaki just opened up a new place, um, with pastries and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I've, I worked for him many years ago cool. as a, as a barista, cool. uh, <laughs> back in the day. The you know? Penny Royale. The Penny Royale. That's yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we have a good yarn when we yeah. see each other. Um, but no, yeah, um, we check out, um, you guys at, um, at Barefoot and the guys there make it really well. Cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. No complaints there. But yeah, I suppose, you know, having that experience this morning of seeing that and then, you know, we've just rolled out those, those new bags, uh, the 30 kilo bags, um, which, which are it, awesome, by the way. Yeah. They're, they're really great. Um, you know, the K bags have had a lot of research behind them in regards to the longevity of coffee. Uh, I know they had um, some, done some stuff in Brazil. Yeah. Um, so, so for you guys out there that don't know, we usually get our coffee either in two ways, whether in, either in jute bags with a, we call it grain pro lining. It's like a thick plastic garbage bag, basically, that's been, that's been sealed or not sealed, but held tight with a, with a cable tie. Um, or they come in a vac pack box. Um, mm. both quite heavily packaged, but as you imagine, 70 kilos or 35 kilos of coffee needs to be held quite tightly. Yeah. These, these, these new bags are basically two layers of paper cardboard, kind of. Is that right? Yeah, like it's a, like, like uh, a, like fully a biodegradable uh, material yeah. uh, that can break down yeah. um, within a six-month period or less, I believe. Uh, and it's um, and the, the, yeah. the inside's plastic as well, but yeah. but it, but instead of being this supposedly airtight barrier, it mm. it, it, it actually is vacked, almost vacked and sealed. It is, like, yeah, uh, vacuum packed and sealed. Yeah, so it's, it's nice nice yeah. to get that coffee, and it's. You know, in a thirty kilo bag, so you can lift it without getting a hernia. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yes, uh, the warehouse is, was very happy with. So this is the first batch you've done. We, we've never. Ever, I think. We, I think last year we uh, we were trialing it in Mexico with the Aromas um, competition. Yep, where they use those bags for the first time, yep. um, and we've kind of wheeled them out in the different origins. So in in regards to Australia and and Colombia. Uh, production at the mill in Armenia. We, yep. This is the first time we've ever. Yeah, they look good, man. Use them so. And and, and 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 I reckon we'll get some um, more longevity. In the, I mean, we always use the coffee before it goes off anyway. But it just looks like that air is less chance of air mm. moving in and out of the bag. Mm. Looks like it. It'll. Uh, yeah, it's positive, and the bag's biodegradable, so it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and you know you can fit. Up to thirty-two on a pallet, and it sits really well, and it's good for transportation, and yeah, um, yeah I think it's a win for everyone. Yeah. Um, so simple too, right? Oh. So simple. <laughs> it's like you know, put them in a bag that you can actually carry. Yeah, yeah. And fit on a pallet. Yeah. With that overhang and all the issues that we have with shipping and mm. you know costs. But, um, yeah, I know. I, I know. I'm sure there's some other importers who are um, you know thinking about different packaging options i think um the time has come where that variable 
can change now. Yep. I think um, it's not so. I've got an idea. Licensed. So, so, so we buy a ton of coffee to say it's one blend, and it comes in a box, right? And you literally just fork it up, and it's vacked. It's one big box, a ton on one big box on one pallet, and you just fork it up to the top of the the um, uh, you know pallet racking that we don't have, but we would have. And then you can just like turn the tap on, and the coffee mm-hmm. comes out. <laughs> Epic. It's a new silo style. Yeah. It's a silo, it's like silo, silo palette. One, yeah. A one pound silo. Yeah. The, the Kipriol silo palette. We can palette. do them. We, we have, I think we have done them before. Um, it's a packaging that, that they can do that. It's, I don't know. I've actually, I, I've, I've seen one in the flesh, not from us, but. Um, What's that's been done before? What's that? It's been done before. It's been, oh, yeah. Like, like those big silo, massive bags. Like, I think they are a ton. Um, I imagine, yeah, I imagine I there's other other grains in the industry that or other industry industries that use the same packaging for grain. Yeah, yeah, there is, there is. Yeah, and for flour or like any other um, agricultural product. Yeah, it's, it's available. It'd be cool just to be able to wheel the hopper bin, the hopper underneath, <laughs> underneath, and just turn it on. And 30, 30 kilos here we come. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I took you off tangent. Mikey, you're going to get us back on. No, I was going to go further away and say it's like a giant gumball machine. (laughs) 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 Put it on, spinning out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How about you, just uh, Mark? Tell us a bit about yourself and your work and life, sort of time up until now, and how how you got into coffee and what brought you to where you are. Okay. Uh, Well, funny enough. This week, it'll be exactly three years that I've been working for. Has it been that long? Yeah. Uh, And um, I guess before I started working for Caravella, I I was a roaster. Uh, I was a barista. I was a dishy. Uh, I actually- You're a coffee. You're you're, you're in the coffee pro world. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I I grew up on the Northern Beaches. Um, You know, I was an athlete. I I was a long jumper. Uh, and uh, I actually initially, when I finished my HSC, I, I wanted to be a chef. I was really into food, I had this interest in food, and um, so I, you know, I did. I went to TAFE and TAFE and did all that. And um, but did you the, work for Phil then? Uh, no, I didn't. Right. No, this is like early days, like seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. But I, I, when I was seventeen, I did do a Danes course. I did, I did a Danes. Espresso preparation course. Um, yeah, crazy. So did I. Yeah. I've done that. With think, Paul Jackson. Yeah, Paul Jackson. He yeah, was there. Yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. he's a lord. <laughs> it's a man. Yeah. Um, still stomping around, I'm sure. Um, and um, I, I, I guess um, the the work, being a chef, didn't, didn't really work with my training schedule. So I was like, the next thing was like, well, I might just get a job like, working as a barista and um, I worked in one of the, the very first ever campus accounts outside of Newtown, which was 2KF uh, in, in Monavale. And uh, at that time, this is 2004. And um, a, lot, a lot of great people come out of that cafe. Yeah. Phil was amazing. Is. So, Phil. He's, he's, it's sold, he sold it off just in June this year, actually, 15 years. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. had you been making coffee prior to that? I, I I did. I I was like before that I was oh, man, I um kind of worked at a couple of like 
random delis and um, just making coffee, right? Just making yeah. coffee, just not really knowing what was happening. Just like building, that goes in there, and you press that button, and building sudden, drinks, building drinks, milky drinks, and milky drinks. And was was coffee like the thing for you? Like even back then, was it like ah? Oh. You know, you know, I don't know. I think I enjoyed the process more than I enjoyed the beverage. Back yeah, then. Okay. I think I, I bit of a really sport. Un- it's a bit of a sport. Yeah, yeah, it was a way of just. Doing something with my hands that distracted me from jumping else. from jumping, yeah, possibly, <laughs> yep. But yeah, it, it is like I think there's a reason why a lot of guys are in coffee, and that's it's that mechanical thing. It's like it's mm. a pro- mechanical repetitive process thing that you know those gross motors can yeah, do a little bit better this time, do yeah. a little bit better this yeah, time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then there's yeah. the you know the the training day and the race day, you know, like when when you know Saturday Sunday comes around or yeah. you know that. Eight, eight o'clock till ten o'clock rush or whatever, whatever your cafe scenario is yeah. like that. When it's on, it's on. Yeah, like, that that's always been attractive. Was that was that part of it for you? Or yeah, I mean, I think it was just the routine and the structure that I loved. Yeah. Um, I'm not really good with change. Uh, it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um, it takes me a while to adjust, um, and I enjoyed making coffee because of just, it was like, not mundane, but just, it was different in that you'd have like different customers come in and and the coffee would change and what have you. But I loved like just trying to do the same thing, but do it really well all the time, you know? And that's what I guess where the athlete comes in, where you're doing the one thing and you're trying to perfect it and improve it and, and diagnosing your, um, I suppose, mythology around how you execute your technique or whatever and how you can improve things. And so it was never like, I never thought to myself doing it, okay, I'm going to reach a point where I'm going to be the master of it and I, I don't need to learn anything. It was always what can I learn next yeah, that yeah. I can become better at this, Yeah, you know? like, And that's what excited me about it. Yeah. I think that was the biggest motivator that it was never done, that it was never yeah. complete. The but coffee I, is very progressive. But I think that's it's fair to say that most people that are in coffee that really enjoy it, other than the people side, if we're talking about the technical side, that – that's what is the draw card or the, the, the part that's most enjoyable is it's never perfect and it's and you can always do it better. I mean, it's probably with anything in life, right? But, but you know, it's heavily process-driven and next time we'll do it better, next time we'll do it better, next time we'll do it better. Mm. You just know that's, you know, that's it is for me anyway. I know it's for you as well, Mike. Mm. And you, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It can be a curse but also like, you know, like just – you can go so far in on your on your thoughts, or yeah. you, it, it's like a, it's a balance between doing that and staying yeah. logical. Yeah, yeah, staying Real. on track. It's <clears throat> yeah. quite funny because you said you don't like change, but but you know you like to change. You like to change in, increment yeah. in, incremental steps to make it better, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's quite right. funny. It's yeah, quite funny. yeah, awesome. that's right. <laughs> so you went from making lattes into roasting. Yeah. So I um. Gosh, so 2010, uh, I had an opportunity to to roast uh, at Campos. Uh, I um, was invited, I you know, in made an inquiry, and um, I was roasting one day a week, and then roast, and then working the rest of two care for 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 a time. And then when I got married in 2011, uh, I, I moved to a full time full time position as a as a roaster there at Campos. Uh, at Campos, yeah. yeah. And, um, and I was roasting, you know, 
up to a ton alone and it was it was very manual labor it was you know all kind of probats probats uh old school roasting mm. in regards to when i say old school i mean you know there wasn't i say a roaster intelligence per se there was a <laughs> probe and we just kind of handwritten yeah. um yeah, the the parameters. Every thirty and, seconds, you'd write a note. Yeah, yeah, like that. We just kind of archive it like that. Um, it was, it was just how I it was. It was done Where in, was the warehouse then? Uh, well, back then it was in Alexandria. Yeah. Uh, and and was it Will and? It's Will. Uh, I was I was it was Ernest. Yeah. Ernest Igual. He was the head, head roaster. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot from him. Um, and yeah, I guess um, what really changed for me was that I took some annual leave and I went to America. Um, and I went and I cupped with um, Chris Owens at uh, yeah. Handsome it Roaster. Could have been handsome back then. And um, so that, t- that, tested that would have been 2012, right? Mm. I did the same trip in 2012. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. 2012, that's when I went. November. Yeah. Crazy. I was there July. It was yeah. during the Olympics. That's why yeah, right. I was like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 He was roasting on a on a on a ug as well yeah with with a beam probe i noticed but yeah their gas i remember their gas adjustments were done with a they had a yeah like a texture mark yeah. on the back of the roaster and like you'd move the lever to the texture mark and have like three or four texture marks and that's how we knew because they had no gauge no, yeah. no gauge to tell you the gas <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, and, yeah. you know, the coffee was really good right yeah the coffee it was, was really good, good man. yeah it was great yeah. uh, i remember cupping el meridiano yeah there which is one of the brands that we sell out of Tolima. Um and um, going, oh, I've tasted this coffee before, and it was just so weird. All those just tasting that, and now obviously working for Caravella, but uh, had no idea back then. And then I went to um, so we, we, we went to we, we stayed at LA because my brother-in-law and uh, sister-in-law were living in LA. That's why we went to visit them. And then we drove up to San Francisco, and I. Did a kind of roastery hop and and went to Full Barrel and I went to uh, Sightglass and Ritual and um, Verve. Um, no, I didn't visit, visit Verve. We we I'd heard about it. I wanted to visit. Just wasn't on the way. I was like kind of Santa it, Cruz. It's out. It's out on the coast. Yeah, yeah I mean Half Moon Bay or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then we we stayed. My wife and I stayed a week in in Portland, and I visited yeah. Hard and 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 um, Stumptown. It's a really interesting time around that period. I mean, I think, yeah. I, I think I had a discussion. Who was I talking to the other day about 2012 being really, you know, um, um, there was kind of like kind of exploding at that time. Yeah, I I got back and I I guess. Had an experience with just tasting a different roast degree, or yeah, just tasting people's coffee, and it, it just opened my eyes up a bit. And I guess I got back to where I was working, and I just wanted to um, do something different. And it was a bit, it was a big call because I was comfortable. Like I said, I didn't really like change that much, but I felt something calling me just to explore. Yep. Um, and so I had an offer to work. For, for Russell at, at Ruben Hills. So I, I moved on with him about three months after my trip. And um, it really was very different. It was, it was, you know, obviously a lot less volume, uh, which forced me to just focus on just cupping quality and understanding a bit of the processing. I, I wasn't yet buying co- green coffee, didn't understand that 
much about it. I just um, understood roasting and, and, you know, obviously translating my intentions on the roaster to uh, espresso and and filter. And um, I guess that's when I started tasting a bit more of uh, Caravella's coffee because I work with a producer called Wilfred Uli. Uh, in Opera Upper in South Willow and uh, his coffee was really really good and like um, there was a I think there was a small shipment that Russell did get of their coffees other coffees that were quite good so I kind of it's interesting how Caravella just kind of popped up and back then it was Vermax uh, yeah because uh, Vermax was the name of the company that, of exports and the Caravella was the imports but we didn't back then they didn't have an office uh, in, in in Sydney so it was yeah, it was done differently back then. Um, Thanks, Wayne, because that first shipment in 2012 was the one that we shared. And, yeah. And that was like our first introduction to Caravella Vermax yeah. as well. And it's oh, quite crazy. funny because the trip to New, uh, to LA, we were on the way to LA, uh, to, in the LA airport, we met Fred. Oh, okay. And he was going yeah. to work for Caravella at the yeah. same time. So it was sort of all around the same time. Right? <laughs> it's, you know, we, we, we wow. just, I think in that June, July period, we just all, August something we we just got some coffee from Caravella, and then we saw Fred going to um, going to work for them back then. And then yeah, you know, it's funny how it all just lines up. You know, you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's such a small coffee world, isn't it? I so if those of you who don't know Fred Fred Lufitz, he he was the sales director of Caravella Coffee Australia Pacific, but he was. He was doing it in in, in Bogota, so he's yeah. managing the stock from Bogota and living in Bogota, and and he also helped set up the the uh, the warehouse in Quito in in Ecuador and did a very good job doing that. Um, super talented, super talented guy, very driven, uh, very funny guy, very lovable character. Um, yeah, you, you, you don't you don't correlate how much he can achieve to like the character because he's so like oh so yeah, wild and so wild fun, and funny and. Yeah, and he, but he has this like hyper focus aspect of his personality that, yeah, and he's an intelligent guy. So I, you know, uh, he he did great, and I mean, he had some opportunities come up, and he decided to to roll with roll with that, and um, yeah. So I guess it's interesting. I mean, after 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 Ruben Hills, I mean, I had an accident. I um, I broke my leg at the 2013. National Championships, uh, the Commonwealth Games trials. Um, I was I was triple jumping um, actually, and I'd landed in my hop phase and did a full inversion um, sprain, but it it went so far that it broke. Uh, so I shattered my fibula and and tore my syndesmosis and a few of my and ruptured lateral and medial ligaments in my ankle. Uh, it was a very dramatic day. I was, you know, I'd won state that, that season. And, um, yeah, I was kind of treating athletics at that time in my life very casually. Uh, I wasn't like, I was committed and I would train a lot. It was before I had children. Uh, it was kind of balancing out my, my lifestyle, but I still cared a lot about it. So when the, when the break happened, um, it was of course very unexpected and, it's interesting now that I've had that accident almost six years later, how many other athletes I've noticed who have had it and how it's not common, but it can happen. So it wasn't like a freak of nature, but it can happen. Uh, just, land, just landing in that sprained position. Just landing where you're, you just yeah. get caught a little bit. It could be the wrong angle. It could over-rotate. You could 
pop up too high, almost like a volley in, in the phase of that triple jump. Uh, I mean, it was a long jumper in the European champs. She's uh, German and she, I don't even know how she did it, but she's come down on the second to last stride and her foot's just gotten caught underneath her. You know, this is a professional athlete. Like, yeah, this is what we do thousands of times. Thousands of times. And her foot got caught underneath her and rolled it and she's t- she's torn her, ruptured her uh, syndesmosis and her ligaments and... Oh, yeah, you wouldn't wish it upon anyone. It's a, it's a very painful experience. It's very full pelt, right? Full pelt at full extension. Mm. Yeah. Um, anyhow, that, I suppose I had to take a lot of time off work. And during that time, it was, it was very difficult to come to terms with what was happening. Um, but Russell was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Russell Beard did more for me in that time than I think he realizes. He, he really supported me. Um, financially, uh, gave me the time that I needed to just come to terms with, I guess, loss in that I was kind of at the peak of where I was going in track and field. And, um, he gave me the time a day to train and to do roasting and to, and to enjoy that part of my life, enjoy being newly married, really, uh, still and, and trying to be an athlete. And, um, I think he, yeah, he, he was kind of grieved with me with it um, and he just gave me that space and so, um, I don't know, I came back to work and it was everything was, was sweet but, you know, like it had been a long time and I guess there were, he always made a place for me but um, other opportunities ar- arose um, where I had an opportunity to, to work for Mecca and uh, for, for Paul Geshos and... Um, I guess the, the the reason why I took that job is because I wanted to do a bit more volume and, and to, to work in a different environment again and to check it out. And there was never any hard feelings, but uh, I had an opportunity just to learn again, uh, I guess. And they were, it, was, it was all good. It was cool. Yeah. I did that and I worked for for Mecca for almost three years. Yeah, right. Um, and with Thule. Uh, Thule, people may know him, but he's now moved on from, from there and he's now a... Roaming the world. <laughs> Good on him. Yeah. Uh, discovering himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I suppose, um, how I came to work for Caravella, I, you know, I, um, I just, friend and I we were always speaking. Uh, yeah. we, we were friends yeah. and, um, they were, they were growing and, um, he, you know, basically said, oh, hey man, um, would you, would you be well, would you be open to, doing, you know, a day a week, just helping us out. And I was like, oh, why not? And so I rented by Paul and he said, yeah, it's cool, man. Um, and I guess it, over time it just got busier and um, it was a, it was a weird time. Like I had to make a decision if I'm going to stick with roasting and, and continue this journey or I'm going to move into another avenue of understanding green coffee more and that side of the trader world. And I, I suppose I saw it as an opportunity to not only financially secure um, say a property in, in Sydney yeah. by earning a little bit more yeah. um, and saving a little bit more uh, but I saw it also as an educational yeah. transition yeah. so are you looking, it's, it's, yeah. it really is moving it's a forward step right I, I, yeah I guess yeah but I would say to anyone listening who is a roaster that um, you just got to keep challenging yourself and I mean I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm at the peak at you know of my job like yeah. industry position it's rather i've just had opportunities present themselves yeah. to me and I've, I've assessed them and sometimes maybe not thought about them that much i've yeah. just gone that seems like a good thing to do and i'm gonna do it and yeah. i did it and it was very working for caravella was extremely challenging extremely challenging and why i say that because 
the company here wasn't set up. I, I, I was given the responsibility of setting up Caravilla Australia. Yeah. I I expanded the office. Well, I met. Well, cre- well I created created the office, so to speak. <laughs> I, rem- but, I remember discussing the lease. Yeah, yeah. You remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were in Manly and uh, in, in New South Wales. We're in Manly and. Um, but, but not only did you have to look after your customers, but you had to like set up shop. Set up shop, do the stock, just like look after the stock in, in yeah, two I, different warehouses. I, I, at I the felt time. for you back then, man. I was like... It was, it was just me, you know. Yeah. I, the, the, our accounting was overseas. Um, it was it was a really full-on time. But, we'll, um, I think we were still paying in US dollars back then. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know things uh, have have moved on, and we now obviously have an office. We have Monique who's doing quality control and logistics support, and we have Paul who's doing our accounts here in Australia. So yeah. we're you know we're fully equipped and we're good to go. Similar to you know we have an import office as well in in Chapel Hill. It's been there since two thousand and nine in South Carolina, and we have an import office in London. So um, and that's that's relatively new. It's probably about two years old. Um, so. Even though the company started in London, technically, which registered in, in yeah, London, right. um, for, in terms of imports, so yeah, um, yeah. and uh, so yeah, I, I guess you know. Long story short is that um, it's been a lot. It's been a long, it's been a long journey, and I think I'm very, very fortunate that I've made the relationships that I have. But like I was saying to you before, Caravella somehow, one way or another, without me knowing, has always kind of been there. Whether I was cupping El Meridiano in, in yeah. LA, downtown yeah. LA, or um, you align yourself with that quality, that that quality coffee, like it's just yeah, um, yeah, it's weird. So, it's just happened. So when you stepped out of the roastery and and started working for Caravella, what was your your perspective on green at that point? You know, what did you learn in the roastery? Obviously, you're cupping really regularly in the roastery, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's a very different story when you're coming to supply green rather than mm. picking the eyes out of it, so to speak. It's a really, it's a really good question, I guess. Um, you kind of almost got to treat it a little differently uh, depending on which lens you look through. Um, on the... On the wide-angle lens, so two lenses, wide-angle lens, um, you got to you got to take in everything. So you're tasting this coffee, you're assessing it for its quality in regards to its cup profile and 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 its per- like its purpose and in terms of like cup score and um, yeah and and where it's from and the the harvest time and um, what its per- possible purpose would be for a roaster that you're thinking for could possibly enjoy it and what they could use it for. Um, you know, you're not looking like from a, from an, from coming from my end of just doing production cupping a lot. Um, you kind of like we're talking today about production cupping forms and true to intention and yeah. all that. You know, you know, I'm not cupping to like for, for a goal for it to hit. It's yeah. just I'm assessing its quality and what it could be used for or what. What it's for, what its purpose is for, for for someone's usage, or just the quality of it, I guess. Um, I, 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 I imagine yeah. it's a bit like Tetris when you're cupping coffees. You're trying to find the fit for that coffee from your database in your head. You're probably going, "Oh, that'd be good for you know whatever that blend for that person." Or, yeah, you know that's a citrus, really citrusy, clean Colombian that'd be good for Marvel Street, or you know you'd be constantly, I imagine, mm. 
trying to figure out as you're cupping the coffees where it might fit in your mm. in your supply. Oh, we, we do that too. Like when, totally. when we're around the table, like you, you might taste a coffee that's really citric and clean and high well, end, yeah. and you go, "I know who's going to like this," and so, you know who's going to like the like extra processy coffees and. Yeah. Mm. And it, yeah. and it's quite funny because we, we had that discussion today is like um we've got the the last of the Eddie um Louis Eddie Yeah, Louis Eddie Couture. I said to Joe last week, I'm like, we should get Brendan Circus to get this as their blend for the week. And it's quite funny because uh, we didn't say anything to them, but they ordered it anyway. <laughs> you know, so yeah. they ordered it, you know, you know, the whole batch for the whole week. To be, you know, you know, as as their milk coffees. But the, the the point there is that, like, you know, if, you know, you kind of in that synergy with your customer, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, exactly. Like, you're just kind of you're almost thinking for them yeah. to a degree. And, and I think that's why our relationship's so good. In you know, the Marvel Street Caravella and us and you, it's you know, we don't get any coffees that. We don't enjoy like it's you know what we like and it ticks all the boxes. Yeah, thanks for that. Pleasure. No, I think it's uh, definitely a mutual relationship uh, where you know you, you guys are really um, straightforward and, and frank and honest and upfront, and it helps us, um, I guess, serve you in the best way we can because we know exactly what you need when you need it. Um, what your budget is and and your quantities and you know you've kind of ticked all the boxes in the case of the interview and now we know how to best make something fit into your mold so to speak um so yeah uh, i guess back to your question about what's it like with green i just you know um on the one hand i get uh, the opportunity to cup so many incredible coffees and I think I take it for granted but there's some ones that step out that are just insanely complex and clean and yeah it's almost like at times I feel like I'm buying coffees for me at times not just for customers like I feel like that I'm like this major roaster to just get to have this like crazy all these options you know that's how it feels like coming from my background you know like I so, uh, that's how I feel like in Honduras when I go to Honduras and I'm selecting coffees. Um, you know, um, it's a, it's a really fascinating experience going over there and dealing with all those small holder produ- producers and having yeah. the, uh, privilege to cup their coffees and to, um, make a decision on what I'd like to bring into Australia. It's a, it's a, it's a great experience and I'm very, yeah. I, mean, very so lucky. I, I think, sorry, Joe. Yeah. And, we benefit from that, like the Mexican Aroma Fest, the Roma um, competition. Competition, yeah. Um, you know, like the coffees that come in. Um, you know, last year, Maurizio Escalon, Enrique mm. Lopez, Enrique, oh, Enrique. Mm. I'm glad yeah. you remember. Yeah, you know, that was that was amazing. Yeah, yourself. That's right, yourself. Yeah, but that was an amazing coffee. Yeah, it was just it was, it was, so different. Uh, yeah. Purple honey. Yeah. 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 yeah, so um, we've got some more mechs coming, haven't we? Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, the clearing on, on Friday. <clears throat> so nice to be able to get into those new origins with you and and um, um, and um, uh, it's Fergus. Put him yeah. on the mic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's nice to get those new coffees 
in new origins in and and celebrate them and see yeah. the progression each year yeah. mm. that's fun you know i'm sure you've seen the progression like i've seen it from El, like you you know like the definitely, the, definitely the brands the like el Pariso and definitely and yeah definitely the quality's definitely improved over the years definitely great well wow. yeah. it's good cool to hear that how do you uh like not lose focus when cupping a lot of coffee in terms of it must get like hard to stay on track and you might be cupping a lot of coffee that tastes very similar you know how do you cup with uh the right intention to treat each coffee separately like and give it the attention each coffee the attention it deserves well funny enough i think it comes from cupping more more and more and more and you create this taste memory Mm. uh, and you're able to draw from that archive of of memory and i'm fortunate i'm fortunate now that i've cupped you know our coffees for over three years just with caravella that I can compare Talima with Talima and Wheeler from Wheeler from previous years and and grades to grade and get an idea and there's still a lot of surprises there at times. Sometimes, you know, things are cupping good and how it should be and that's, you know, tick that box and that's all good, next one. But, yeah, I guess the focus comes from just, um, I don't know, almost like being back in the bar. Yeah. You get an order for an espresso um and you at that point just just like you do with every beverage you just focus on that one thing you're doing and until the next beverage comes in then you focus on that it's like yeah i think it's how you do it you gotta as you cup and whether it's 10 cups or 10 samples or 12 or 14 on a table you learn how to give each one a certain amount of attention um I've I've come to the point now where I, I suppose I do, I do three passes, um, kind of do one pass, just kind of checking that everything's tasting like relatively acceptable. Um, any surprises, make some notes. Second pass, um, put some notes down, a, a score. Um, third pass, just kind of double check, I guess, my score and my notes and, and give Conf- or take away. Confirm. That's how I've always done it, I think. Um, that kind of structure helps – Helps me keep track anyway of what's going on. Um, definitely, yeah. so, definitely writing something down help, helps the database. Oh yeah, oh. I write. We get, I write stories at times, yeah. like um, really talking about the really kind of notes about the acidity, really uh, mainly. Um, but that's the interesting point about coffee. I mean, I, I think for the people that that, that don't understand acidity, it's like the interesting part of coffee. When you have great coffee, you pay for good acid. It's not um, acid's not a negative con- connotation, you know. But most of our listeners are probably coffee pros, so they understand that good acid is where what we want, and we pay more for coffees that have a higher higher acid score, right? More complexity in the acid, mm. you know. But um, it is all about the acid. Otherwise, it's kind of just chocolate caramel, and maybe some, you know, yeah, some, yeah, something else, maybe some nut or some sugar. Yeah, just but yeah, the acidity definitely influences those other flavors yeah. that we all know and love. In yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we certainly see the coffees that you present to us are all like almost always exceptional, and we we often when we cup a table of yours, it's like okay, well, 
we could buy everything, but but what are we going to buy? And and it's and it's just narrowing it down, which is awesome. Um, but it's, it, it's very rare. This, it's very rare that we get co- coffees that it's like, oh, that that's that's not, no that that that's no. Yeah. But you know, I think you know the your grading system is really good. Like, so you got you got the grading system and 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 it's it's trusting. Like you, there's transparency there. If it's you know, if you say it's 85, it's 85 generally, yeah. or mm. 84 to 86. You know, it's in that world, right? Like it's definitely. Mm. Um, uh, I think that's one of the one of the awesome parts about receiving coffee from you guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Great to know. And is is there when when you're cupping at Origin? Is that uh, are, are the I guess suppliers selected already at that point to to fit within the Caravella concept of, of flavor profile, or or are you selecting coffees that you know will suit Australia's flavor profile? And and furthermore, if someone comes to you with some sort of weird request, and you're like, "That's not Caravella," <laughs> like like how? Yeah, how, almost how, all tickle the above. I guess what happens? I guess the best. Way to put it is to talk about uh, warehouse in Pitolito. Um, as an example, you know we, we get day lots every day. Um, we receive day lots from new old producers. Coffees um, are coming in. Coffees coming in, and they're picked, being, dried, milled, sorted. Well, usually a parchment. Yeah, right. uh, always in parchment, and they are assessed then and there um, on like physical assessment. And when it once passes physical assessment. Um, it then qualifies to get roasted. Yeah. When it gets roasted, it's then cupped and graded. Yeah. Uh, based on the grade on the cup score, that's what we will pay to the producer a, a premium. And we now stepping back a little bit, we'll um take their details and the moment they walk in and write it all down who they are, where they're from, the the size of the parchment, the weight post milling, uh, or what they call um. Uh, factor di delimento, which is like the, I suppose the the yield, yep. the yield, um, after the the uh, the physical assessment, and um, and that's a big factor into um, the quality, um, and so once it's cupped, we then kind of in very simple terms, we return to the producer. They sometimes they wait around, uh, sometimes they come back, but we've usually got their contact details that we can forward them the. The text message or the or the message saying, "Hey, your your parchment or coffee, blah blah blah, um, scored uh, eighty five points. Um, we can give you this payment today. Um, do you accept?" And they usually do, and we pay them then and there. Wow. Um, so we transfer their funds um, that day. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and and usually, say a coffee like that coming from Pitolito gets gets put into um, one of our branded blends. Uh, we have we have a few in Pitolito. Um, and the, brand, and the brands, if you drink our coffee, the brands could be El Precio or Meridiano yeah. or Try um, original blender, uh, depending yeah. um, on on the region. Um, but you know, if it, it if it scores uh, a little higher, um, say eighty six um, points for argument's sake, um, and this producer doesn't have a roaster to 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 work with, um, it'll go under our Las Mingas program. Um, so, and for those who tell us know, about the yeah, um, we have you know what I'll, I'll actually get up information about it so I can quote it properly. So hey, cool. Just give me a sec. 
Las Mingas means like good for all. Oh, yep. uh, it's an ancient tradition of community work for the purpose of social unity. And this movement was very common um, in communities, like in, in, in like Colombian indigenous communities and farmers. Strongly, Las Mingas. Strongly believe that working together for the common common good was, you know, better than faster than working alone. So in Las Mingas, the leader of each tribe made the call and other tribes migrated to that community and organized themselves in a way that the physical efforts of Las Mingas became into celebration of life and love. Um, it's, some pretty, of the, it's pretty cool, though. <laughs> yeah. Community. Community. Some of the values that Las Mingas represents in today's culture are leadership, solidarity, um, uh, fellowship, teamwork, sharing, collaboration, satisfaction for the common good and love for the land. So in the case for Caravella, the Las Mingas program in Caravella started back in 2004 uh, as as a coffee competition in Colombia with the objective of promoting partnerships that bring uh, coffee growers and roasters together for direct relationships and exchange. So for several years, we did this uh, competition uh, for the best best lots that were received at warehouses uh, each year. Uh, this event focused on quality by providing transparent pricing models for all involved and help farmers achieve higher pricing. In in this case, the common goal was just bringing better coffee, you know, um, to roasters. Although we don't do this competition anymore. Uh, Las Mingas is still a program that we run today. We still get lots from Las Mingas. Yeah, yeah. We still run it today uh, and promotes and, micro lots and AAAs from single producers. And, and I think in previous years we've actually, you've sent us coffees as Las Mingas clean skin. It's like, this is Las Mingas. And we've paid you based on quality. It's like, what, what do you think mm-hmm. of this? What do you want to pay? Yeah. And it's been pretty cool, eh? Yeah. Always been really generous, I think. It's easy to be generous. Yeah, it's, it's, it, awesome. it is. It is. I mean, awesome. I guess the idea behind this is that um, is that we're trying to find a roaster to start a relationship yep. with a, with a producer. And in the case of Luis Idier Renoso uh, from Tolima, with yep. you guys, you know, um, he's been a long-standing producer mm. with us. Um, but there was an opportunity with these quantities to divide those quantities with Madcap in, in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, and, and with you guys. Well, hopefully um, we get to work with them again this year because yeah. those coffees last year were, or they were this year, but they were last year's crop, obviously, were, were just mm. amazing. And we're still waiting. I think we're going to see some coffee from Daniel Sanchez. Sanchez. Um, so we're just kind of waiting. For his, his coffee, stuff. like three years ago, four years ago, was just. I remember it. Boom. It was very good. It was the last batch that we got from Fred. Yeah, that's right. So four years ago. It was just wild. Did we not have Sanchez maybe two years ago? I think I remember importing a very small amount. Yeah. Like, I think it was just like a bad. Yeah, but that it wasn't quite as good as punchy, that first yeah. slot. That first yeah, slot was right. just something else. It was like we got all these, mm. you know, micro, MLs and AAAs one year and they were just all single produced. So it must have been all loving us. Mm. Must have been. So, I mean, like, I've received, like, in the last two weeks, almost, yeah, eight to nine Las Mingas lots. Yeah. And um, I've kind of gone ahead of the ball here and just gone ahead and contracted them and, and paid them some premiums. For knowing, them. knowing that you'd sell them because they taste good. Knowing that they sell them because they're typical 
Caravella clean, sweet, awesome. transparent coffees that have a story and and a and, name on the box. A name on the box, yeah. a producer name on the box. And we we yeah. started doing that with you guys basically you know, five years ago because we got the name of the producer with our coffees. Right? Mm. You know, the name of the producer. I think there was a trend to put the farm name on the coffees, but w- when we started getting lots of you guys back in 2012, we started putting the name of the producer on the back. You know, yeah, to yeah. show transparency. Like this, this that coffee's grown on a tree and someone's actually picked it and you're drinking it, you mm. know, and it's that transparency back to cup that yeah and transparency is a really interesting topic because i think you know it's one of the uh, aside from sustainability transparency is a big one um so you know for many years i guess well from the beginning alejandro cadena who's the uh is the is one of the directors uh of, of caravella he, he wanted to create a system of a grading system an internal grading system that graded the coffee based on quality you know, we don't like we can offer Supremo and, and other yeah, options yeah. if that's what you want. But well, pre- um, previously, it was sold as size grade. Yeah, you know, Supremo was the big screen it was size, big screen, eighteen plus, and, yeah. and Excelsior was under sixteen, under four, or fourteen, yeah, like fifteen plus. Yeah, and so we weren't really basing things on that. We were basing things on cup score and quality. Yeah. So I was like, oh, how can we? How can we achieve? You know, a system where we can almost give roasters a budget. Like, hey, if you want to, if you want to blend with eighty-three scoring coffee, then we're going to call it this, and it's going to be this price, and you can. But if you, hey, if you have a bit more in your budget to think about using a high grade or higher quality coffee, then we have this grade called Double A, and it's, you know, it should score at least eighty-five plus, um, and um, it's a, bit, a little bit more expensive, but it's it's by far the most sustainable. A product that we offer because it, of the return that we give to producers yeah. uh, for it, and it, it's not only good enough for, to blend with, but you can also showcase it if yeah, you want it. Exceptional. And so, um, you know, that's what he wanted to achieve with the with the grading model. And so, that's not just in Colombia, but it's in all the eight origins that we work in. Um, and that means, as a roaster, you can look at, I suppose, the the options and go, okay, sweet. I want to I want to blend with A's, but you know, I still want some triple A's to to showcase when when they're available. Um, and I guess, like I was saying, back at the warehouse, you're back in the warehouse and you're getting parchment from the producer. We get the details. They're put in a system. If the coffee makes it, it's accepted, and they accept payment, then. Um, it's the role of the warehouse staff as well as the role of, of the master blender in Bogota in our lab in Colombia to decide where that coffee is going to go in regards to a contract and to a blend. And then when it comes to when the ICO or the number that, that I suppose is raised um, for that particular contract or coffee, um, we're able to correlate um, that ICO number to all the producers who contributed to that yeah, full transparency. Full transparency with the amount of money they were paid uh, yeah, right. per delivery. Um, we're going. We're, we're planning on going one step further, which is soon. Maybe it's it's a discussion that's up of putting every single producer name on the bags. Yeah. 
So, I mean, we, I can give you all the transparency yeah. as a PDF uh, very easily um, of all the producers who yeah. would have contributed to say, to say that San Sebastian this yeah. morning. Yeah. Uh, but we want to take it to a, maybe to another level where we want to print all the names on the bag. On the bag. So, yeah. it won't just be like San Sebastian A. It'll, It'll be San Sebastian A and then all the producers. Around, all the producers yeah. which, is, which, is, <laughs> which is a nightmare for, for the mill, but sure. There's, a, there's, a, there's this, like, given the pro, the the quality and price of our coffee. I mean, it's pretty common knowledge in the industry that, that we pay well above the C index price for coffee, you know, and there's, there's that trend now to be transparent in pricing so that, um, you know, I think seeds are doing it and obviously Windle Bay has been doing it for ages. Some other, some other guys in the industry have been like publicizing their FOB prices of coffee. Yep. Um, what do you think of that, that? In, in as far as you know um, an idea to to help the industry yeah I guess um, you know we, we we do work with a lot of roasters who want the farm gate price yeah uh, I think it's just it's one price we can we can we can definitely share uh, with no issue uh, there's, a, there's a bigger picture though and the bigger picture is what is the cost yes of production uh, for, a, for, a, for, a, for a producer and, and what's involved because uh, the, the numerical value for me doesn't mean anything like you know it's like it's like well they've got nine dollars a kilo right just say you know it doesn't mean anything to me do you know what I mean like like maybe it cost them twelve dollars yeah, you've got no idea what their yeah, fixed yeah. and, Probably, and or, variable or, costs are. And I, I, yeah, I look at the pricing, you know, and, and if you can compare it to is the, the coffee index price. And the coffee index price is like a dollar a pound or just say it's three or four dollars a kilo, just say, Australian. Mm-hmm. You know, we're paying 10, just say we're paying ten dollars a kilo. Okay, we're paying more, but how can we express that in our marketing and our education so that our customers know that your producers are getting paid fairly without being, hmm. you know, you know, you know, I, you know, personally, I don't see the point in putting nine dollars or the pricing on the bag. I'm, you know, I, I get it as far as an industry is concerned and moving the whole industry along, so everyone is in line and no one's claiming to do something they're not. But I still don't understand how hmm. we can translate that to. You know, happy Daniel Sanchez. Mm, does mm. that make sense? Yeah, um, it does. Um, I guess what what we can guarantee is that um, is that we're working really hard with producers to helping them understand how much it's costing them to produce their coffee. And you were saying you were saying today, you're saying that you you've been teaching them yeah. the numbers of running a farm. Yep. So that when they when they go to sell their coffee, they're profitable. Yeah, and they can see okay, the market's spinning out one thing yep. and Caravella is going to give me this. And that's X amount percentile above yep. what the market's saying. And that means that I'll be getting, I guess, this amount amount of profit that I can use for yep. not only to live, but to prepare for the next harvest and, and to buy my fertilization or to, to improve my farm or what have you. And it's a motivator for them as well. Why, why Las Mingas is so important is that if you're forward contracting out in advance, the producer doesn't have to worry about the market or the peso moving up and down. They just have to go, okay, sweet. I know what I'm going to get as a fixed price. Yeah. 
And now all I need to do is just fulfill the contract and C- fulfill the control my Do everything in my power. Control my costs. Yep. Operate the farm as I'm supposed to do it. Yep. Process and get it out, bag it. Mm, exactly. And bring it, it down collect. to the park. Bring it down to the warehouse and to know it, very confidently it'll be assessed that it'll hit 85, 86 points and I'll get this amount of money. Yeah. And, and so if they can have that guarantee, it, it helps them not, not worry about... Um, the but financial weather or the you know economic weather, and this is what Pika does. Pika does, yeah. So they're you know they're they're a team essentially of of, of, of agronomists who go out and they um, help assess the farm and to see how it's so, tracking. So, so does Pika um, establish the profitability of the farm as well? Can they, they help with that? They they help with that. Um, so if we were they to have put, a mis- they have a mixed usage of things. Um, we have to do some research on that. Yeah, if if, yeah. if we were to publicize something on our website or or something to to show people that there's an avenue of transparency that our producers are being looked after, yeah, and and they were not just you know I won't use that term, but you know rape and pillaging, you know like, yeah. like and that yeah. that seems to be the majority of the commercial world in coffee, you know on our side of the world it's like Porsches and 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 gold watches, and on that side it's like you know, poverty and, you know, living mm. on the edge, you know, and, you know, mm. it's not, but, yeah. you know, it'd be nice to be able to somehow for us to um, um, let our customers know that our farmers being, you know, our producers are being looked after. I guess you're going to see it like this, Nico, is that you have your customers, right? Yeah, yeah. You visit and yeah. you, and you engage with them. You, you're in a relationship with them. You, you, you tell they tell you their challenges and um, some of the things they're finding they're struggling with in, in regards to just say their market or they're trying to improve this. And you come in and you you know give them a great product and you and you give them advice on how to extract things properly or I don't know just just give them some pointers on on how they can increase you know their extraction percentile or, or yeah. you know they might need a hand with you know. Um, like you talking to me change today, water filters. change water filter, um, yeah. burr grinders, um, and so on and so forth, and and that's a relationship that you have with your yeah. customers. So in the same way, the Pekka team yeah. they go and they visit these producers, and they're in a deep relationship with them in re- in relation to and who who, who runs Pekka? So our, uh, so Caravella does. Right. Um, we have. We have employees who are yep. designated to certain um, parts in Colombia, Nicaragua, all, all the origins that we work in, um, who go out and they and they do you know bi monthly visitations, you know whether it's you know helping during times of picking or, or fermentation or processing or just even in the quiet days of just flowering and, and other other means of of, of simple farm management they're watching every move they're making and making sure they keep on track and it's the ones that listen and do what they're advised to do that will have success because it's not as if we have all the answers but it's we've got proven tests yeah. that have that have processes that work that have worked yeah. um and like i was saying to you we have a farm in in papayan in kolka called Fingerbrugavia, and we've done a lot of the testing in that farm ourselves uh for over many years um and we've been able to i suppose do some of the tests there where smallholder producers and 90 percent of the uh four and a half thousand producers that we work with are smallholder producers they see it very risky to say you know do a dry fermentation or to say do a natural coffee or a honey processed coffee but we've done the testing at our farm and can give them 
the some process. pointers, yeah. uh, but also warn them about it too yeah. and go, look, this is what could happen if you do this yeah. um, and you're and better off maybe doing this instead of that and, and it helps them. And so it's, it's a relationship. It's a, you know, it's, it's a part of the community mm. and, and they trust us. They trust Pekka. They trust their advice and they lean on it heavily yeah. at times, especially well, the ones who don't understand anything. On, on that note, what, um, so Caraval own a farm in, um, in Columbia. Yep. And uh, what kind of experimenting are they doing? So, um, over over many years, we've, it's been usually a, a, a haven for for seedlings. So we've held seedlings there. And we, Where's um, the farm? Pizzolito? So it's, no, it's in uh, Papayan in oh, Kalka. Papayan, yeah. yep. uh, and um, we have had many different varietals grown there. Uh, and we usually have a little nursery that we have um, where we've we've given the seedlings out to to producers uh, to to plant whether they want to grow pink bourbon or they want to grow Madagohipe or they want to grow, you know, a varietal that would be considered exotic in yeah. Colombia. Yeah. Um, and um, so as well, we've done some experimentations. We did like a few years back, we did um, Fingerbrugravia experimentation and we, um, you know, Alejandro wrote a white paper on it. Um, basically like a thesis on the experiment and why we did it. And it was, we took two varietals, we took, um, Columbia and we took, um, Bourbon and we did the same experimentations with it. So dry fermentation, wet fermentation and dry fermentation in a controlled environment. And it was very small amounts of coffee. Uh, but the idea was to see, I suppose the profile whilst manipulating uh, the fermentation process uh, and, and to see what the cup result would be. Uh, I think in the end, Bourbon uh, dry fermentation um, won from memory. Uh, and um, So yeah. no, no water, whole fruit or, or, or pulped? Pulped. 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 Um, and pulp, pulped and dried. That's right. And then, and then washed. No water. No water, but then washed, I think, 12 hours later. So uh, pulped, wet, dry... Then wash, mm-hmm. then fully dry. Yep, it's been a while since I've seen those notes, but I I believe from memory that's that's what sounds like dry dry fermentation. It was pretty fruity. It was fruity, but yeah. it was like it was balanced and it was structured and had a, a, a you know it wasn't a, funky. It was fruity. Yeah, it had, a, it had a well kind of complementary acidity to the rest of the other elements mm. of the cup. So um, yeah, and so we're. So do you roll that? Do you roll those that, that information out, out to the farms? We do. We have it uh, publicised on our website. Yep. Um, you can go view it on our website. Uh, and we, we're planning to do another experiment this year, um, which will involve uh, the variables and ripeness. Yep. Um, so we're going to do a few. I think we're going to re- release a few. I, think, I know the samples have been delivered, and we're going to be rolling out that uh, this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like. I'll keep you all posted on what's going to cool. happen, uh, but we'll, I'll, you know, we'll run it again, and it's it's good fun. Um, it's good to see the differences and and what can be learned out of it. I guess what can be learned out of it is is the big key because it's all fun and, and good doing it. It takes up a lot of people's time, but it, it's it's the learning from it, yeah, that we can take away and then give and then that advice, information to confidently advise. Exactly, yeah, uh, mm. and you know, it's quite funny. You know, we had had a conversation with Alejandro. I think last time we were in Giancarlo, last time they were here, and they said that you know um, Caravella can produce, can advise uh, producers on producing quality coffee, higher high quality coffee than what the market demands. 
And so, so like, you know, the yeah. production of coffee that Caravelle can advise on producing is much higher than what the market in Australia actually demands as volume. You know, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You know, so, 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 like quality isn't an, quality isn't an issue. You know, it's like, you know, it's like we, we, we can get yeah. coffee as good as we want it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I guess it's hard for me to say that we could, you know, roll out 88, 89 on tap. Um, no, but 87, right? But yeah. 86. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, you know, there's, there's a fair amount of that that could go around. Um, and some double A's do score that, uh, for sure. Um, but most people aren't using double A's, you know, no, from, from majority I, of the coffee, right? I don't think so. No. Um, I don't think so. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's definitely a big supply of coffee out there at the moment. Um, and that's what's got a lot to do with the market right now. You know, there's a lot of coffee getting and produced it, it, in Brazil. And, and, and that's why the, the dollars. It's, 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 it's one of many factors, I believe. I, I'm, I'm no expert to comment uh, further on it. But I, from what I understand at this point, uh, the market is the lowest it's been in almost 20 years. Wow. Um, it's wild. It's, it's, when really, you it's very strange cons- to see it. Yeah. When you consider consumption's up. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, we have to be really, really careful about who we are, or we stand who we are in in, in our company, or what we stand for, and that we don't. Yeah, I don't know. We just we just continue to just pay high pricing and and almost forget that the market exists. It's not. It's a variable. It's there, but it's like different market, right? Yeah, it's you know we, you know we we talk about it internally. We 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 you know we go oh there it is and and but like. I think our focus is very different. We, you know, we're paying much more above it that it's almost, it's, it's important, but it's not. Yeah. We'll always pay above it. Yeah. That's why we're using, man. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And we're, hum- we're, yeah, we're with stoked about it to mm. sell to you. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's Thank you for your support. Yeah. Awesome, it means man. a lot. It uh, means a lot to our, to our producers and to what we're about. So it's, and it's easy on our side. Like it's, you know, it's fun. Mm. Coffee's good. Oh, great. You know, I, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's like anything, right? If you were to start to produce a product and, and you got stoked on it and a lot of people didn't, but you found one or two people who did, it makes it all worthwhile, right? I mean, yeah, because they share your passion for... And it's not for everyone what we do, you know, but it's still amazing. Sort of coming off the back of that one, like um, <clears throat> what what do you see most important in terms of like seeing the coffee industry move forward? constantly and not yeah um is it just just people encouraging people to pay more for their coffee and and i think people are going to be i think yeah it's it's a simple rule right you get what you pay for and 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 quality needs to be purchased Uh, i don't think nothing happens now on accident so to speak Mm. even though there can be some incredible coffees in ethiopia that are just there uh for the taking so to speak but even them, from what I understand, is still relatively expensive. Um, but yeah, I think what's uh, going to create sustainability is just um, fixed price contracts and and contracting further out and 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 sticking with your producer and your producers or whatever. The same, um, the, you know, what's the same thing with it on our side, with our cafes sticking to us. Yeah, and and. You know, I just see it as like, you know, the cafes that, if you, if you just look on this side, we're supplying 
you know, cafes and the cafes that do 100% us and they're committed and they understand what we do and they trust us. Enables gives us so much power to mm. and confidence to buy and then, you know, support the producers on, you know, and mm. I think that, you know, that's on, on my side. That's how I see it, you know. Mm. Yeah, just being in it together. Yeah, yeah. And, commit, and committing, mm. you know, like I think that's that's key. I mean, the whole multi-roaster thing is great, but I think also committing to your coffee company enables us as a coffee company to then commit to the producer. If our volumes were to wildly fluctuate week in, week out, then it means that we can't commit to the producer in the way that, yeah. you know, so if you enjoy, you know, if you listen to this and you're a customer of ours and the best thing you can do is continue to commit to us because then we can continue to commit to the producer. The chain is strong, you know, and, and that's, you know, we were talking about this morning, we're talking about coffees for Christmas and coffees for next harvest. And, you know, the only way that we can commit to those is by continually selling coffee in the volumes that we do to our customers and by hopefully growing a little bit as well. Mm. I guess uh, I, I'll, I'll say this, that when I was competing, I, I really loved, well, I still do, I'm a big Mizuno, Mizuno fan, uh, the brand Mizuno. And, um, Shoes. Shoes, they do, you know, they they do a great, like, the quality is really good out of, out of Japan, mainly. And, um, I would, I would never go on that website, call up the guy in Japan and go, Hey, uh, I really love your product. It's really good. Like, the clothes that I buy from you are well made, they're well tailored. The, I can tell the material is like thought of, like, it's really well put together and it's been thought about. Um, there's obviously been a team that's thought about how humans expire at, well, you know, sweat and, and, um, and you've also thought about just the mechanics of, uh, of running and you've just been able to put together this material, this product that's just really tailored to this event. But can I get it cheaper? <laughs> of course, they're going to be like, well, thanks for all the compliments, but, but no. Um, sorry. <laughs> that's why it costs what it costs. Exactly. <laughs> Th- thank you for putting together my yeah. marketing campaign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I, I'm willing to spend more because, A, I, I love that company I, and, I, and I wear their shoes and I wear their clothes and I enjoy the products um, and I'm willing to not question the price ever because I love it. Mm. As as a, as, a, as a fan, as a fan of, as a fan of of that company, and and um, now I don't know as much about the company that I then say I know about obviously Caravella or, or Patagonia as yeah. an example, yep, yep. Uh, what they're doing, um, a great sustainable company. But I guess what should, I'm saying is, should be I, happy I'm, to spend the money. I'm happy to spend the money, yeah. and I would never turn around and ask for, for a discount yeah. on on something unless you know I go on there purposely and go, okay, what's yeah. out of season now that yeah. I could possibly get for 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 less because it's out of season? Then I'll take advantage, right? Um, but I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess um, yeah. I, I I think I understand what you're saying. <laughs> it's like it, it's like that whole um, thing about especially coffee's dead is as well. It's like you know, kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, you, you, you playing, you know, if you're using commodity coffee on one side, but then serving really expensive singles on the other side and you, you, you know, you're screwing one side and, and, and generously giving on the other side and it doesn't balance out. Mm. Like just, you know, pick a product that you like, work with it and embrace it. And life is actually easier. And, and I reckon operational costs and, 
Now we see it here, right? We know we work with you guys, um, and we see it here is that is that it, it's easier. There's less stress. There's less. You know, you're not worrying. You know, if you're in in a cafe and you're dumping shots, it's because coffee shit. You know, like you know, um, we don't have that problem with with you and Caravella and the coffee that we get because that trust system's in place and everyone cares. You know, along along the way, wow. and um, um, life's easier, right? It's, it costs more, but I think I don't think it costs more. Like if you'd actually add it up, as far as like productivity and yeah, if you, if time you on look the phone at the, and stress and you know you know replacing coffee, or whatever you might be doing, right? Yeah, it's more time. than a, it's more than a, just a financial cost. It's, yeah, if you look at the dollar per kilo, yeah, yeah, dollar per kilo, you pay more dollars per kilo. But if you look at the bottom line, at the end of all the other contributing factors, yeah, yeah, time. Time. Yeah, human time. That's the huge. most expensive. Yeah. Mental and capacity. You know, like you yeah. got more brain space yeah. to yeah. operate on other things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All all of those contributing factors. The the bottom line is quality not that wins. Different. So quality wins always. Yeah, in my books, quality wins. Quality wins. You it's, know. It's like, and, well, look, and they're and they're really nice comments, guys. Um, you know, I can't begin to to tell you how appreciative and and humbled we are to hear great feedback. It's it's really really great. I guess you know. There's, you know, I'm sure there are other exporters out there in Australia, even who are who are trying and are doing some yeah. great things. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's important to support them, not just Caravella. Yeah. I, I will say that. Um, I think it's important to to support the the market here, mm-hmm. and and because we don't import from other origins, and and uh, we're only in eight Latin American countries, and I think. I think um, the small yeah. the small specialty guys stick together, like in 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 every part of the work together. You know, in and I think. Um, it's part of that Las Mingas, um, uh, you know. <laughs> it is yeah. tribute, right? It's that's, that's exactly what it is. You know, all work together and do great things. Yeah, yeah, most, collaborative. Yeah. Most memorable coffee experience. Let's let's fire that one out. Oh, you know, okay, um, man. To this day, um, there was a farm we used to work with. <laughs> Alejandro will laugh. Um, called San Luis. Um, that. Ruben Hills bought when it was producing some coffee. It was a typical lot um, of washed coffee. I can't remember for the life of me whereabouts it was from. I, th- I think it could have just been from like West Wheeler, possibly. Ugh. But it was just I just never never tasted a coffee so jammy, floral, balanced, structured. Now it's like everything. six years ago had everything. It's just really really good, really really good coffee. Um, other than that, um, man, I. I guess are you talking about like just Caravella coffees or just, no, just in just general? In general, yeah. Most memorable <laughs> coffee experience. What's one? What? Yeah, we we right. asked most people that question. Um, that and probably where was I? Um, I just remember for the first time just having what I would have called like a, a properly extracted espresso, like that was. Yeah, it, it was. It would have just probably just been a blend, um, and it was just so sweet. Yeah, and just I remember that. I remember that moment as well. And just like I think it was that transition in back in the early two thousand and you know tens whatever, yeah. and um, when things were kind of coming into alignment with um, understanding roast development. And and um and extraction to extractions, yeah. yeah. The and double ristretto was on its way out. <laughs> yeah, and just going, man, like this is how this is how it should taste, like I guess. Um and 
it's just being really sweet and just yeah um cool yeah we're good i think so that was that was awesome well, thanks yeah for that, thanks Mark. for your time yes. Mark. yeah it's pleasure. thanks for your thanks knowledge for sharing all that information and uh we'll see you later on in the year we'll do a uh um we've saved up all the coffees that we've roasted this year so we'll try and set up some events and and um you know, set up a hold a few cuppings, hold yeah. a few cuppings and tastings for people who haven't tasted all the coffees. We get to taste all the coffees back to back. Yeah, that'd be so I think exciting. It's going to be very, um, might be a little bit emotional. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. definitely going to be one like, uh, there'll be a couple of coffees Doozies in there. Bring, bring you to your knees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I, will, I will share one thing, my, one of my biggest memories actually. Yeah, so when we first started Car- well, when I was working for Caravella and the first year that I imported Ecuador coffees. I was in my garage, roasting out of my garage. I remember that. It was before the office. And I remember cupping the Ecuador offers and them just tasting just amazing, just just crazy. Yeah. Just coffees I've never tried, like Sidra yeah. and like other varietals that I haven't tried yeah. from Ecuador before. And they were just I, really I think I tasted coffees. those. Were they, were they yeah. in that big cupping that you held with? Yeah, with, yeah. With, that's right. Yes. That's yeah. right. I remember the last four on the table. It was just like I I don't know I I'd never I mean I had one Ecuador coffee years ago that was like what that I found out was a Caravella coffee in the end that we had sourced from uh, the north um, but yeah I just remember that experience for me like going wow like if this is if this is what exotic coffee is and like, I get it, um, it was, yeah so I just wanted to share that <laughs> yeah. awesome so Ecuador. Ecuador is what like uh, that Murray Cooper we had this year was. Um, yeah. It's kind of like just Colombian, but on steroids. Mm. I just find it's like everything's amplified, mm. but yeah. still balanced. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great producer. Unfortunately, that farm is, is now sold. Oh, really? I heard. I heard he's, really? Yeah. He's, um, they won't be producing game. coffee anymore. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What are so, they producing? I don't really know much of the story uh, as to what's happening now, um, but I know that he's, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's got a different, well, he's, he's South African. Uh, and he's, we really helped him with the farm and over a few years and um, yeah, he's decided to kind of, well, he decided to sell his farm and move on to his career of uh, photography. Photography, yeah, years. right. So, um, wow. Yeah. That was such a awesome coffee. Yeah. yeah everyone, everyone was like stoked on it. It was just, yeah, huge. Thanks, Murray Cooper. Yeah. Awesome. Well, kudos, kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was yeah. very good. Oh, well, grind wisely. Cup honestly. Cup honestly. <laughs> Brew with confidence. <laughs> Marvel Street Coffee. Uh, Thanks, guys. Very good. Thank you.